you know what this means? It means that this damn thing doesn't work at all! You're listening to Shattered Order's Out of Order Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Out of Order podcast. This is episode three, and this is a special one because, A, we're doing something we've never done before, so we'll see if it crashes and burns or it's awesome, and uh, B, it's about the newest Star Wars movie that just hit the theaters today slash last night, and we want to talk about it, and we're not going to wait for everyone else. So. (laughs) <laughs> we got a good group of people right now in our Discord voice chat hanging out with us. So uh, first off, I can say that my good friend and co-host Wink is here with us. Also, we got E Highwind, Shadow Patriots from the Shattered Order, Juice, Virus, Rich Sloma from the Shattered Order, and the Bitter Cup. What's up, everybody? Hola. Hello. Hey, welcome to the party. What's yeah. going on? Oh, it's going to be a party, no doubt about that. There is no <laughs> chance that this is not a party. Because I know once once we went live, I saw even more microphones unmute, and here we are. Oh, nice. <laughs> I, like, I like what we're doing here. So, um, I want to uh, first off say... That uh, I liked the movie. I didn't dislike it. But you're going to hear some uh, less than stellar reviews of certain parts from me. But uh, I want to know, overall, what was your guys' thoughts on the movie as a whole? Uh, I really liked it. Um, I thought it was really good. It had some... Uh, really incredible scenes and it had some other scenes I wasn't a big fan of, but it had some pretty good comic relief. Some of that even got pushed a little too much, I think. But all in all, I think that was really well done. Um, All in all, I was a pretty big fan of the movie. I wouldn't say it's like my favorite Star Wars movie, but it didn't disappoint. Um, Before someone else jumps in, I just want to say that uh my lock screen came up and I just entered my password on the live stream. So pretty, pretty. I'll be changing that one. Like I do every month. Immediately. Not that anyone's going to steal my phone from the live stream, but uh, yeah, oh, man. new to Twitch. And I think that's one of their first things they say, hide your information. Well, that's awesome. since I change that every, uh, every two or three weeks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fair Anyways, nice. go ahead. Um, well, I'll I'll go next, I suppose. Um, I I really enjoyed the movie. Um, I thought you know the the visual effects, you know the the things they did with the audio, dropping it out at times is awesome. Um, but I had issue with several plot points that I think kind of just felt like. You had two different directors, one J.J. Abrams setting up his vision for this trilogy in The Force Awakens, and then Rian Johnson come in and just kind of burn it to the ground and do his own thing. 
Um, not that he did a bad way. I think, I mean, as a standalone movie, I thought The Last Jedi was fantastic. But as a sequel to The Force Awakens, I felt that it was terrible. Yeah. I got you. That makes sense. Anyone else? So it may not be movie related as much, but I mean, we got Ray today. Is there any reason she's called Jedi training Ray? Ray didn't get trained as a Jedi in any way during the movie. I, I was kind of confused by that. I believe she had two of her three lesson, lessons. <laughs> she didn't even get uh, the lesson uh, lesson three, did she? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> she was uh, she was kind of in training, but the uh, and I I think you know one of the last lines in the movie kind of spells out that she was, but. Or at least, in theory, she was. She's given opportunities, I guess we could say. I mean, she, yeah, she, you know, she tore that pillar, a new one, with her, the, with the lightsaber, and she lifted some boulders, and that's basically what Luke did. Well, not only <laughs> the pillar, true. but the cart. Yes, the yes, the cart too, <laughs> <laughs> and the and the uh, hole in the wall. <laughs> yes. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, so anyone else want to jump in and give their general thoughts? So, I mean, my general thought was I'm kind of disappointed with all the reviewers that are saying it's the greatest Star Wars since Return of the Jedi. That's definitely not the impression I got from the movie. Yeah, I, uh, I could definitely say that. Yeah. Well, the thing about saying something like that is it's all uh it's it's all relative, right? Yeah. To your uh to your experience with watching the movie. I mean, and over time your opinions on things change. So, I mean, like I don't know. I liked Attack of the Clones when it came out. I I don't like it now, you know. So, I mean, there's the, my thoughts on this movie now could be different six months from now, you know what I mean? Yeah. True. I, I guess I just, the, the part where they said best since Return of the Jedi, I don't think I've ever heard anyone say Return of the Jedi was the best. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Well, uh, how about this? Let's start from kind of the beginning of the movie, the opening scene, and, you know, kind of that whole battle with, like, the Dreadnought and all of that. And just kind of talk about that scene, and then we'll just kind of go scene by scene, plot point by plot point, and talk about what we didn't like and what we hated. Sound good? Yeah, sure. awesome. <laughs> All right, so, uh, I mean, kind of the very beginning of the movie was essentially the Resistance trying to make their escape from the planet, and... You have them all loading up in their ships, trying to get out of there, and then you have the First Order coming in with all the um, uh, Imperial cruisers and the Dreadnought and just essentially blowing up the base and everything. And then you have you know Poe Dameron coming in. Um, that whole scene was pretty hilarious, him just kind of trolling Hux. Uh, I was laughing pretty hard through that whole scene. That was pretty good. And then, um, uh, you know, he kind of goes against Leia's orders and you know just goes off targeting the turrets. Uh, what do you guys think about that scene as a whole? Well, first off, 
Sorry. Uh, no, let me no. say, just say that I thought that the way they started this movie was weird. Like, to start it off straight off with uh, jokes. Yeah. I thought it was an, in- it was an interesting yeah. approach. Well, it well, kind of set up... That. It set up for what they kind of did in the rest of the movie. Because, I mean, there was a lot of comedic relief. And that kind of got you set up for what they were going to be doing in it. You could definitely feel the influence of Marvel. I, that was my exact same thought. Yeah. Now I did. He Poe was calling him hugs, right? Like I, I that's what I heard. <laughs> that's great. I didn't notice that. That's hilarious. I definitely yeah. hope so. I, I'm pretty positive he was. I was dying. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of started off um, like the previous movie because there was that weird dialogue between Kylo Ren. And Poe, when Poe was on his knees, like who talks first? So they kind of, they kind of paid homage to the previous movie, but that's a they, good li- point. they went a little further in this one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> true, true. I, I hadn't thought about that till you said it, but yeah, the both movies kind of started off with Poe being a bit of a smart ass, and uh, you know, but that's why they have to do it in nine. <laughs> yeah. But no, I liked uh, the fight, the the battle scene too. I thought was really good. Um, you know, Poe kind of taking on the dreadnought by himself as somebody who has played a lot of X Wing space combat games on on you know DOS back in the day. That was uh, always something I dreamed of doing. Yeah. You want to know what drove me crazy about that scene? What? Bombs in space. <laughs> Okay, so I've had a lot of people talk about this. Essentially, the problem being in, you know, in physics or in space, it's, you know, all about inertia. And, uh, you know, if something's not moving in a direction, it's not going to keep moving in that direction. And the problem being with the bombs that it releases the bombs and they fall straight down. Um, Yeah, I don't like I, I don't. We we I don't think we have enough to really criticize that because if you look at the way that the bombs drop, it's almost like they're launched out in a sequential order starting and going around in a ring. So we don't know if it had like some sort of spring up there that launched them out or if it was just something that opened and let them drop. I'm assuming well, that there was some sort of launching mechanism. And the bombers had artificial gravity. I mean, otherwise they wouldn't have had to climb the ladder. They could just float. So, I mean... If there's artificial gravity on the bombers, then the bombs have weight to them. So they're going to fall in the ship. And then when they, you know, get outside the ship, they're going to continue to fall. Yeah. That was my initial thought, too, is that, okay, so there's, well, my initial thought was, I really hope these bombs have thrusters, because if not, this is going to confuse the shit out of me. But (laughs) But then it wound up to be, then I thought about, okay, well, there has to be gravity in the ship. Maybe the gravity pulls them out the door. Maybe there's an invisible force field there that they go through before they enter space, but the gravity pulls them out, giving them the speed to shoot out. Uh, but that was just kind of crazy. Well, and think about the scene when the bomb, the bay door is open and Paige is just laying there and not getting sucked out of a vacuum. But then when the bridge explodes, Leia and Akbar and everyone else get sucked out of a vacuum. So, well, I mean, yeah, that's different in which they're in something that's compressed and being launched out from compressed air into a vacuum, you know, versus, I mean. So if there's no compressed air in the bomber, how are they breathing? 
uh, I love what I've turned this podcast into. So, I mean, there's a lot of different ways they could have went about it in that, like, uh, think think about this, for example. So if, um, have you ever, like, held a boat or a bucket or something over your head upside down and then went underwater? Yes. Yeah, and you can breathe in the pocket of air that gets trapped. Exactly. So, I mean, it could be something similar like that or have some sort of force shield at the bottom. Who knows? Um, I, I mean, there's a force shield. There's a lot of physics in Star Wars. It's always been kind of weird. Like, for example, when Star Destroyers get damaged or blow up or whatever, they tend to fall. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. there's going to be probably an ex- <laughs> like there's going to be an explosion that alters their direction. But it's not necessarily going to be the ship falling. So, I mean, that's kind of maybe nitpicking their choice of physics usage. But Hey, Dan started it. <laughs> there is a physics professor screaming at his windshield listening to this right now. Probably so, yeah. Why? Why did you bring this up? So much pain. Let's talk about parsecs, shall we? Hey, they explain that in the books. <laughs> that's funny. All right, so uh, that's the beginning scene. That was, that was pretty good. Uh, what about, like... Uh, uh, the island with Luke. What did you think about everything that went on there? Like, uh, let's say I didn't expect so much uh, backlash from Luke with Ray. Like, let for example, they replayed the very end of Force Awakens where she hands him the lightsaber, and I just thought it was weird and kind of funny how he just threw it over his shoulder. <laughs> I did not. Ex- I did not expect that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was kind of his whole demeanor was like everything that he had found out was almost kind of a farce. And it, I mean, it would be like finding out your own religion, whatever religion you are, like that you believed your whole life and that you kind of live by. Finding out or something happening where you think it's kind of bogus, and you know that would be really hard to take in. And I kind of get the idea that that's kind of where they were saying he was at. Well, unless we forget that Yoda didn't want to train Luke at first either. That's true. Yeah, true. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, but, I just think that that whole part was uh, all those scenes, it kind of dragged on a little bit. Like, kind of like you get it. Like, I mean, you know, he he's kind of not, he doesn't want to do this. It just seemed like there was a lot. Of, of that going on for a while. Like they kept cutting back to it over and over again. I'm like, yeah, we know he doesn't want to trade her. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, milking scene, I think was the weirdest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way it just looked at Ray, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah I was waiting for Luke to say something like, this is much better than back to milk or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, pretty funny. I mean, that whole island, you know, you you got the porgs and then Chewie eating the porg and the and other porgs trying freaking to eat out. The porg? That was hilarious. I was dying. That was great. And then, um, like that, all that stuff was pretty good. And then Ray cutting the rock and the poor, you know, Luke's housemaids uh, <laughs> getting their little wheelbarrow wrecked. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, Those that, guys are funny. 
all that stuff was pretty funny. But I mean, as far as just Luke himself being on the island, like I, I can see like why he's where he's at. Um, as far as he kind of ran away because he thought it, like he had failed versus like the Yoda thing that you mentioned where he went into exile because he kind of had to. Like he wasn't right. necessarily against bringing the Jedi Order back. Luke had kind of gotten to the point where he had given up on the whole thing. Yeah, the worry with the diff, like, but also with Luke, if he had left, weren't at one, weren't at one point Kylo and the Knights of Rin hunting him? Yeah, they were. That's why he went him. to hunt. Yeah. yeah. I think that was mentioned in The Force Awakens. Are we going to start saying in The Force Awakens canon? As far like well, Force yeah, Awakens man. canon and uh, Last Jedi canon, put them the Knights of Ren don't matter apparently. <laughs> okay, neither, the, neither the, does Snoke or Ray's parents Phasma. or Phasma. Okay. Ray's Boba parents two point Ray's parents, I think, is completely different. But the the fact of how much they built up the storyline of Snoke mm-hmm. and what it be like. I there were so many questions that we're anxious to see get answered in this movie, and Ray's parents was one of them, and I like who is Snoke is the other. Yeah, like those were the two things, and Snoke's in the movie for ten minutes and if dies. Not. Like, uh, yeah, well, what's, what's I don't know about you, but. I remember, like, when that scene happened, I was thinking, like, oh, wow. And then I was thinking, oh, the movie must be pretty close to the end. And then it went on for, like, another 50 minutes or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. so I was like, dang, he got cut off, you know, like, halfway through or something. It just seemed seemed odd. <laughs> so one thing that I really liked, though, about that whole scene was... So that was something that Vader had never done. Done. And, you know, when you go back and look at the Sith, how, you know, there's always a master and an apprentice. So you have Kylo, who is the apprentice, and that is always with the Sith. The apprentice always kills the master. He killed the master, and then he's immediately trying to turn to Rey and claim her as his apprentice. I thought that was really interesting, and it was almost kind of... I don't know that they really set said what it was but i feel like that's kind of what they were trying to convey well that was a, go ahead i was just gonna say the you know ben's kylo ren's his speech about you know no more jedi no more sith no more any like he kind of seemed like you know they they keep saying this changes everything like that's the, the tagline of the movie it kind of seems like they just are basically you know no more jedi no more sith like this is its own thing so i don't know if the rule of two will even apply anymore well, I mean, Luke, at the end, Luke says there will be, you know, well, a, yes, another Luke last says that, Jedi. But we all know and Ryan Johnson doesn't care what his characters say. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, it. Yeah, it was really weird. Like the high points, just disconnected. I guess is the best term to talk about the way Force Awakens connected to this movie. They, I mean, he really did ignore some pretty big plot points, um, which, 
was disappointing, but in other ways, it was kind of nice because they're clearly making this movie about Ray and Kylo. So, um, you have that you're kind of going around the masters that were before where the previous movies kind of focused on the masters in a way this it seems like they're trying to make this trilogy strictly about ray and kylo which i yeah. kind of like that well and i i like i mean i'm excited for his trilogy even though i have no idea what it's about because he did a great job with the last Jedi as far as yes. making a movie goes. I mean, it was a great movie. It's just, it was so unrelated to the force awakens. Like it just, you know, it, it's like if in, during the empire strikes back, like Luke would have left the rebellion and become a bounty hunter like that. That's how weird it would have been. <laughs> so yeah, not to, not that. to bring it backwards. Did anybody think for any amount of time that Snoke was going to somehow pick himself up off the floor and I did. use the force and do something. I, I yep. Yep. I did. I was like, he's too big scene, of a guy. Until his that, half fell off. Right. When they showed that like uh zoom in of, you know, his, the top half of him sitting on the floor and it kind of, you could see his face. I was just waiting for him to like reassemble like the Terminator or something, you know, like <laughs> that's what I was thinking was going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Turns into goo and just all comes back. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose it's not outside of canon. It, it happened with Maul. So I guess there's a chance he's coming back, but it certainly didn't look like it with that ship blowing up. Snoke with spider legs. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and that I know we're skipping ahead, but that fight scene, I I really did enjoy that fight scene with oh the, the banners burning in the background and everything. I thought that was a fantastic scene. Yes. Um. So leading up to that scene, I one thing I have to criticize the movie on it's 2017. The CGI of Snoke controlling Ray, I thought was terrible. Like it was really like. I, it looked like it was all done with CGI, like rather than like so many movies lately, like I know Iron Man, for example, and stuff was a lot more of, you know, cables and stuff like that, like actual um, movement of them on the scene. And that looked like it was all CGI. It just a lot of it looked really just layered onto the screen, if that makes sense. And I was kind of disappointed with that. Yeah. I, you know, I don't even think I noticed. I, I guess I was just caught up in the moment. Yeah, say I didn't really see. I will look for that on my second viewing tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, one thing I wanted to ask you guys. Um, the pace of the entire movie. So the movie is, what, two hours, 48 minutes or something like that? Did you think the pacing with what was going on was a little slow? At times. Because that whole space, like, the whole them running from the Snoke's ship, that seemed like it was, what, two-thirds of the movie, and they really didn't go anywhere the entire time? I felt like everything on Canto Bright could have just been cut. <laughs> no, I 100% agree. Uh, what I think my least favorite part about the movie We'll get back to Luke because that's a, a major thing that people had a problem with. But you take Poe's storyline in that 
I mean, he single-handedly almost wiped out the resistance because of what he was doing. I mean, that was like a hero of the resistance. Like what he's like, I get that he's kind of reckless sometimes, but the storyline that they made him do, like, you know, him kind of making them go find the code breaker and go through all that only to for the code breaker to be the one that says, Hey, they're escaping off the ship over here. Go destroy that. Like, come on. That was, I really, really hated that. And then the mutiny and all that, just about everything with Poe in that movie, other than that first scene, I really just did not like. See, I, I, I thought I, the I, mutiny I, was awesome. I was going to say, I have to completely disagree. I thought Poe's arc as a character was one of the deeper ones of the movie because he went from being a reckless pilot to a true leader by the end of it who understands sacrifice and planning. I mean, that to me, that's what I got out of his character arc. That's a good point. I mean, I, I can't argue with you there. Um, and I will, I will say this about the slicer. Technically, Finn and Rose got the wrong one. Can't blame Poe for that. <laughs> Can't blame Poe or uh, Maz Kanata. Yeah, that was. I've seen I've seen a bunch of hashtag blame Maz uh, <laughs> for yeah, the resistance being totally gone. I've seen a lot of blame Maz uh, hashtags on Twitter. It's because they parked their ship on a beach in in the middle of like everyone can see it. I mean that's just stupid. Like go park it in the giant grass. Yeah, that's right up on <laughs> yeah, the hill. like literally <laughs> right next to your ship. <laughs> like that that upset me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but that's I think, what I mean. They needed a cheap reason for them to get arrested. And it's like that's just I don't know. I did yeah. not like the Canto Bright at all. I, I just feel like I could have you know, why not just go and break the slicer out of jail? <laughs> the the chase scene was pretty fun and well done, but yeah, all in all, like that whole thing could have really been done away with. And I, I think you may have changed my mind a little bit on the Poe thing. That's what I'm here for. I gotta stand up for Oscar Isaac. <laughs> Okay, but here's one to think about with Canto Bright, right? So you didn't just see it that one time in the movie either. Yes, I yes, you're right. So you're at right. the end, you see the kid pull the the broom to him with the force, and he has the resistance ring on that he got from. I assume he got it from Rose because it's the same ring yep. that Rose had and showed him early in the movie. So there's got to be some kind of extra bit to that, whether it's. Where, whether it's homage to episode nine or whether it's homage to the Jedi being rebuilt for the next trilogy, you know, whatever it is, I think that that is that scene is important and it would have never happened if they didn't go to Canto Bright. So, I 100% agree. That's true. That was probably the most important takeaway from it because, I mean, that's definitely something that can lead into the next movie and that, you know, knowing that. It's not just, it's not what they thought it was. It's not a big city, you know, of um, First Order supporters. It's a bunch of moneymakers who are selling stuff to both sides. And at the same time, though, it's, I mean, there's still, there's clearly slavery and, you know, that whole thing. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, on the subject of slavery, did it remind anyone at all of Anakin? Because <laughs> yes, because absolutely. here's a place where people are racing. Here's a bunch of kids that are servants, and uh, it wasn't you know. focused on, but it was kind of that same idea, which I thought mm-hmm. I, I didn't have an issue with that. I thought it was fine. Where's Watto? Bring him back. 
Poindarians can live hundreds of years, right? I want my Watto. Did you say he's still dead? Yeah, it's like 40 years later. That's what I'm saying, man. All you gotta do is change history. Poindarians live for hundreds of years. Attack of the Clones. (laughs) Don't take this from me. Okay, um, so something controversial for fun. Um, we've already talked about you know that whole planet not really fitting into the movie. Well, that whole thing was Rose and Finn story building. So, what was everyone's thoughts on Rose? Uh, the first thing that came to mind for me watching the movie was why was her face so round and her sister's face so not round? And I couldn't stop thinking about it the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) I, I liked the idea of them taking like, cause Finn is a stormtrooper thrust into being a hero. And that was kind of the same thing with Rose. She's just a mechanic thrust into being a hero. So, you know, I can understand that connection, but I mean, considering the timeline of the movie, they said they had 18 hours of fuel and I think they got down to six. So in 12 hours they fell in love. I mean, I don't know that that seemed too Disney for me. Uh, Come on, man. Love at first sight. It's a thing. <laughs> yeah. But she tased him at first sight. Well, she also was fangirling at first sight. So. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think that's one of those things where you just get kind of playing off emotions and being emotionally overwhelmed and, you know, stressful situations. I, I didn't really have an issue with that. I will tell you what I did have an issue with, though. Someone explain the physics of this to me. Oh, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> when they're on, uh, what's the name of that? Is it Bright? The last, uh, the crate. crate. That's what it was. Yes. Um, so when they're on crate and the ships are going and Finn decides to keep going straight rather than turning off like Rose does. How does... Okay, Finn is going straight, straight at the damn thing. It's a straight line. He speeds up to maximum velocity, yet Rose, who turned off, somehow gets to go fast enough to then turn back up, get up, go back sideways, and outrun him all that extra distance to hit him. Come on, how how the hell does that happen? Is Wait, it, you don't know how love works. <laughs> apparently, yes. Love, apparently, that's my say? favorite answer. <laughs> love will find a way. I, I have love no idea how love monster. works. I will admit that. So, yeah. Um. So, but two things that were mentioned in our shattered order spoilers chat. Number one, that he was in the direct path of that of that beam shooting directly at him in a totally opposite force than he was going so it probably it could have slowed him down that was uh okay. that was reason one okay That's and good. uh reason number two uh i don't remember well i mean <laughs> and there was a second one i totally was just faster <laughs> well that was that was what yeah. it was remember at the beginning of the battle he didn't know really how to fly it he didn't have the little tail thing down and he was just kind of flopping around everywhere so yeah, I still not buying it, but okay, sure. I mean, <laughs> I accept just, your explanation. <laughs> Listen, let's yeah. let's move on to another thing with those stupid speeders. You want to talk physics again? Did they even fire a single shot? Nope. I think they were mining. <laughs> they didn't have guns. Yeah. So what no, were they, they planning to do? I think they, they were they, just trying to distract. 
And were they kamikazes? Were they going to drive it into the the gun? I don't know. I could have swore we saw a rocket on pose. I, I could have swore we saw some type of a weapon on pose. We might That's have. What I thought. Like yeah. they're at a rebel base. These things are. Why would they have them if they weren't, you know, equipped? I don't know. Maybe they're just going to jump on it and like disengage it. <laughs> yeah, maybe at full speed, driving straight into the beam. Finn was planning to jump off and turn it off. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. How, How is this supposed drop, to work? Dan? What 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 is happening? <laughs> Why are we doing this? The red, the white and red contrast was cool though. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a cool theme throughout the entire movie. For sure. Um so kind of traveling back to more the beginning of the movie. Um so one of the scenes that we saw heavily was Kylo heading towards the ship with Leia in it and whether he was going to be the one to pull the trigger or not and what would happen. Turns out he's not the one who pulls the trigger, but someone else does, and it ends up killing Leia. Oh, wait. No, it doesn't. Because because <laughs> she's, she's Superwoman? I, I, I don't know what happened there. Someone, I, someone gave her a name earlier that was best that anyone could come up with, and they called her Carrie Poppins. yes that was the best i had seen today yes that's the best i've heard i i really thought that was just so stupid it just i liked the thought of leia using the force i think it could have been executed a little better 100 percent agree yes i would agree it's been a perfect time to just kill her off yeah, I thought the same thing. Like, I, I guess maybe she was too important. The rest of the movie, they had too much film to where they couldn't just let that be her death. But well, remember, episode nine was supposed to be about her. I mean, so we'll never know what episode nine was supposed to be. We'll just get what it is now. So, I mean, that kind of sucks at the base of it. But but here's the thing. JJ is back for nine, so maybe we will. We've seen that they already like to throw out what happened in the last movie. So Dude, if he just if he resurrects Snoke in the beginning, I will I will see that, that movie five times and probably buy tickets. <laughs> just, somehow it gets great rave reviews again, but the two are just dueling each other to to get rid of what they did in the last one. All right. So like a couple mysteries, like we said, Snoke. It seemed like there was going to be something to him, and it turned out there was nothing. Like, he was pretty easily killed by Kylo. Like, I I can't help but wonder if some of that was a fabrication between Snoke and Kylo, maybe. I don't think it was, but I still feel like Snoke isn't completely dead from the story for some reason. I I just have that idea in my head. Ooh, maybe we'll have an evil Force ghost. Well, think about this. So everyone thought one of the big prevailing thoughts was that he was Darth Plagueis. And what is Darth Plagueis known for? Resurrecting. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's a thing. It'd be amazing. That's a good point. Well, but even in the interviews months ago, like everybody said like, oh, Snoke's background is not important. It's not important. I mean, they were basically telling us like, stop caring about Snoke so much. That's that's true. But I mean, 
They they also kind of said that hey, Ray's wasn't important either, which I think is a total farce. But oh, you think Ren was lying? I a hundred percent think he was lying. I would be. I do. I would be so extremely shocked if that turned out to be the case. How the hell would he know that? There is no. He he has no basis on grounds to know that. He doesn't know anything about Ray, really. I mean, they they'd met twice. And when they touched hands, they saw each into each other's past slash future. Come Which on. was all fabricated by Snoke. So what he <laughs> yeah. saw would have been wrong. Well, but they both said they saw each other fighting side by side, and that happened. Hi, bud. Yeah. I, I think that was just, you know, Kylo ended up doing his own thing or something. I don't know. Um, uh I don't know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm willing to bet that I will bet you money that they do not address her parents in nine at all. I, I honestly think they do not care who her parents are. I will make a wager on that because I think it's going to end up being important. I, I, after I watched Force Awakens last time, I think that somehow she's going to end up being a Kenobi descendant. Oh, see, I think you're just you're. That's wishful thinking. It's not wishful thinking. Like I kind of hope she's nobody, but I, I, I think it was too anti, like anticlimactic the way they did it. And whenever I was watching Force Awakens, like there's a part where you hear old Ben's voice saying Ray and you and McGregor. Like why? I don't know. Because it made for a really good trailer. Made us think about it. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not buying it. I think there's something to it. Um, I mean, J.J. Abrams could come back and say, you know what, he was lying. You're actually like Kenobi reborn or some crap. I don't know. He could do whatever he wants to. But I honestly think that they just... I think that's done. I think they, just like Snoke and Phasma and everything, they just put a lot of stuff to bed, and now they're going to start fresh. Um, something mentioned in the live stream chat, uh, by Darth Cow, Cow, Darth Cow, Darth Cow. You'll he'll tell me what you mean. But uh, other crazy thought: a clone of the Emperor. Snoke used Force lightning, and Kylo was refer was referencing cloning troops in the first movie. Thoughts? Well, that was yeah, that was something I had read along with all of the other theories. And it could still be true, but I, I, what does it matter anymore? He got sliced in half. His clone did. What if there's more clones of Snoke? Then that that's going to be a fun episode nine. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine that? A Snoke army <laughs> calling it now. Kylo Ren and the seven clones. <laughs> well, oh, I mean God. that it was. Is- that was something else we wanted answers to was wanted to know more about the Knights of Ren and I mean really didn't get anything about that either. Well, we know who they are. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> we know that there are all the other Jedi that uh, followed Kylo to go against uh, Luke after he convinced them that Luke was trying to kill him. That's true. So, See, and I had, I had heard a rumor like a year ago that there was going to be a scene where Kylo Ren and the Knights of Ren come to the island and Luke basically like destroys all of them. And I was very excited and hoping that was going to happen. Yeah. 
Did anyone else think that there just wasn't enough lightsaber in the movie? Completely. I mean, no lightsabers ever touched. Like, there was no actual lightsaber combat. You know what? This is jumping ahead a little bit, and we can skip my point here and go back to it, but the... That's everyone talks about the giveaway that Luke wasn't actually there at the battle. That was my giveaway was the fact that he didn't ever try to block the lightsaber shots from Kylo. He just avoided them in cool ways, but he did not. He wasn't blocking with his lightsaber. He just, you're not going to hit me. I'm going to matrix you right now. Yeah. But yeah, there was. uh, Unless. Okay, so the real question is, do you consider the Praetorian Guards weapons lightsabers? Because Force they were kind of lightsabers, and then they were turned into lightsaber whips. And the <laughs> well, it's like Zeb's uh, power stick or whatever you want to call it. I mean, there we've seen Force weapons in Star Wars. That's yeah. But how badass are those guys? We need those guys in Galaxy of Heroes. Like I that yeah, whole is... scene was absolutely awesome. Yes, agreed. Uh I mean just the whole dynamic of the Kylo and Ray being connected and then they get there and then he kind of helps save her and then they almost end up trying to kill each other like is just Really, really awesome. You know, and that, yeah, the Potter, you mentioned earlier that Snoke was the one that connected their minds, but at the end of it, when Ray was getting on the Falcon, they were still connected. So, I mean, is that residual or was Snoke just lying? I think what they were talking about with Snoke was strictly the visions of them seeing each other's past and all that, not necessarily the fact that they were necessarily connected and viewing each other. Cause that's something we've always kind of seen in star Wars. We hadn't seen the seeing people's past before, you know, well, but Luke saw the future. Dude. Okay. On that point, I'm going to, while I were still talking about this, did anyone think when she went into that, fell into that hole, down into the water that that was going to be another cave-like situation of the future. Yes. Yes. I, that was my only thought when she fell in there. Um, I didn't, I kind of, I kind of expected there to be, I know there's been the whole, um, Jedi temple being built on top of the Sith temple thing. I was kind of expecting her to go find something more along those lines. Yeah. Did she actually learn anything in that mirror scene? I I remember the scene. I don't remember like any outcome actually happening. I don't know if she gained knowledge. She thought she was going to see her parents and then just nothing happened and she leaves. (laughs) It was definitely a tease. I was like, okay, here it comes. This is the moment we've been waiting. Oh, (laughs) I I think it was birth to herself. I think it was just one of those things where it was kind of showing, you know, her, I guess it was her desire to find an answer no matter what, like just how hard she was looking. And, you know, it ended up being, she was just kind of looking in a mirror. Like it was, um, I, I didn't really have an issue with that. I thought that was kind of interesting and that she ended up just kind of seeing herself. Because the answers are inside of her. Yeah. (laughs) Take it. 
<laughs> the scene was good. I was just trying to figure out if there was something. Did I miss something? Was I not paying attention? Is, is there something? I think that that was the whole point of it is the power to draw the dark side, maybe. So back to the Praetorian guard thing. Were those were those guys filtering into the room? Because it seems like there was about eight of them in the room when the scene started, and they must have killed thirty of them. <laughs> <laughs> they can uh, come back to life better than Snoke. Awesome. So, what if they were all Snoke clones under the mask? Then they should have been using four. Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So I saw, tell me what you think about this then. I saw some thoughts uh, from people saying that Adam Driver deserved an Oscar for this movie. What do you think about that? Uh, uh, I think he did really good. I don't, I mean, an Oscar, but I thought he did awesome. Right. It's not I'll give him an, an MTV <laughs> movie award. <laughs> I had to step away for a second. Who are we talking about? Uh, Adam. Uh, Adam Driver's acting deserving an Oscar, like some people have said. Yeah, yeah I think that's a little carried away. <laughs> yeah, I think that's definitely a little carried away. Yeah. I don't even know, like, judging by like Rotten Tomatoes' uh, review system, it currently has the lowest audience rating for any of the. Is it for any of the Star Wars? It's definitely nowhere near the top for audience rating. Had really good uh, critic reviews. I mean, we're critiquing the movie. That's what we're doing here. We're not saying it's bad, obviously. So, you know, I like the movie. I, I put that out there right now. But it's it's really a boring con- podcast if you just gush about everything. But uh, um, I don't even see it be- being on, like, a list for best picture or any of those types of things. I think it will just get, like, the sci-fi normal uh, awards, like maybe costumes or makeup or that kind of thing. Well, I have I have a question for you then that relates to that. Mm-hmm. So, well, two, actually. Everybody, you know, is it, do you think it's as good as Empire Strikes Back? Or do you even think it's as good as Revenge of the Sith? Because to me, those are the top two Star Wars movies, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So, where does it rate to you guys in relation to those two? Below those, below Rogue One, and probably below A New Hope. Oh, okay. I would say the same thing as Wink. I'm going to have to watch it again. I, I kind of yeah. want to get my head around. For sure. For me, unless there's a, unless there's a more moving, like, draw-on-my-feelings fight scene than Anakin versus Kenobi, nothing will ever be as good as that to me. And I know that movie as a whole, Return of Revenge of the Sith, isn't as a whole the best movie, but that's my best, that's my favorite ending of any of the Star Wars and best fight scene for me. And anything, something has to live up to that to me to even be remotely close, so... That's fair. That's about where I've got it. I mean, I, 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 at this point, I actually think Revenge of the Sith to me, I prefer it to Return of the Jedi. Um, just because of that scene, as you mentioned, but, but, you know, and I hadn't even thought about Rogue One Wing. So that, that, that's something I got to think about, but I mean, it was, 
it wasn't up where people are saying like you know earlier somebody said that you know it's the best since return of the jedi they'd read that online i uh, to me that's not even nowhere near that good agreed yeah there were too many flat points like there were there were a lot of sections of the movie where it kind of felt flat and just it was going on about storylines of stuff we didn't really care about like we wanted to know more about Ray and Snoke and what, you know, Luke. I think they covered Luke pretty well and Ray, but I would have liked to have seen more about Kylo, more about Snoke rather than so much about Finn and Rose going on this adventure and stuff like that. I just. Well, here's a real question for you. And me and Richie talked about this last night. Phasma, first movie, dumped oh. in a trash can. <laughs> Second movie, pretty decent fun fight with Finn. I thought she should win it in this movie, considering what was done to her in the first movie. Instead, she gets falls off into a burning ring of fire, and uh, we don't know if she's alive or not. So, do you... We, we, me and Richie thought that she reminded us of Boba Fett. Badass armor, could be a badass character with badass scenes, does nothing. In the comics and books, she's apparently badass. So, and that's just like Boba Fett. Like, you have to go read books and comics to fully get the character. Because if you just watch the movies, it's just wasted potential. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? I can't believe they would bring in such a high-named actress to play Phasma if it's not going to have any payoff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, hundred percent agree. That's true. Yeah, I I wanted a lot more from her as a character. Like, I I care. A th- I, I want to see a hell of a lot more about Phasma than I do Rose. Like, why are you bringing in this random character that you're putting on this adventure? Like, what? Why is Phasma and her troopers? Why aren't they the ones somehow chasing Finn and Rose or something like that? Like, they could have done so given such a better storyline with characters we care about in that whole thing. And well, that's because they wanted to sell the movie in China. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. That's not racist. That's true. (laughs) So the, uh, what else? What were the other big points that we, uh, I have a question for that for everybody about Phasma then. Does anybody think she'll be back in nine? I hope so. I really hope so. I I really like, I, okay. I say, I really like Phasma. I really like the idea of Phasma and I really wish that like, yeah, to be honest, I, in this movie, I was hoping from the preview that the fight scene between Phasma and Finn would be right up in there with most fight scenes in the, in the star Wars movies you know because a finn was taken as a kid by the first order underneath obviously phasma didn't do it but she was like the authoritative figure in this story right so he's coming back and he ends up fighting her i was just hoping there would be more tension there between those two that would lead to something awesome and it led to something disappointing i mean it was still awesome it just wasn't what i thought it would be yeah 
in the force awakens, it almost felt like Finn had like Force sensitivity or where there was going to be this huge backstory connecting him with some of the people in the first order. And I feel like I was just, it, it wasn't bad. They just completely ignored it. Like we, we still don't know why he could use a lightsaber, or why he seemed proficient. And, <laughs> yeah. I hope sure. she's still alive. I want to see her do damage. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, well then also in the, in the trailers you saw, you know, was it no? It was Kylo marching with the people inside what is we now know was the crate base. But it you saw her marching through the fire with the other stormtroopers, and it just looked it just looked like there were going to be scenes where they found rebel or resistance bases and just took them over and destroyed them. But the way that they did the trailer actually they cut and pasted scenes together to make it look like there were scenes where. Phasma, sh- you you know, track down resistance members. But when yeah, instead she it was all as much screen together. time in this one as she did in the Force Awakens, which is like ten minutes. At the very best, it, there were fight scenes, and she did fight. And the and to her uh, credit, the way she died wasn't really, you know, that terrible, or supposedly died. Not half as bad as uh Wow. That sucked. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, didn't look that bad. Woo. So let's move to a broader topic. Um, Luke's portrayal in this movie versus the rest of all the Star Wars movies. Did you think they, they did it well? Or do you think that uh, it was uh, off from what the other movies were? So, for example, let me give you a question. He had no problem believing Darth Vader could change, but he couldn't believe that his own... So Darth Vader, his father, he believed he could change. He had no belief that Kylo could change his own nephew. So there's the family aspect to it, and there's the aspect of he believed that Darth Vader had done more than Kylo could be changed, but Kylo couldn't. Did you think that like there were some things off with the way they portrayed him? Yes and no. Like, I completely get what you're saying, but I didn't really have an issue with the way they took it just for the fact that it was a lot more human than, I think, the way they've kind of portrayed Luke in the past. Like, you have him as the master. He's training them. He never saw that much as far as the dark side Whenever, you know, in the original trilogy, I mean, it was kind of just Vader and he, it was his father and he was trying to save his father. Like he hadn't experienced Mm -hmm. the dark side yet. It was in return of the Jedi. The first time he really experiences the power of the dark side through Emperor Palpatine. And then you get to the new movie where he's training all these Jedi and he sees this vision or whatever of Kylo destroying everything and or whatever it was he saw the dark side in him he, and he never he never experienced that himself so he couldn't really relate to the fact that that might just be part of the path however in that that kind of created that same path for him that was kind of his dark side almost coming out in that moment that he thought about trying to kill Kylo. Then he shut down his lightsaber and didn't. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I kind of think that made him, you know, a lot more human and 
just kind of flawed than he had seen previously. And I kind of think his character needed that flaw in a way. I think some of it is, you know, in the past, he was younger and it was his father, right? That he, like you were saying, Wink, that he hadn't really seen the power of the dark side and was probably a little bit more impetuous and ready to go. Whereas in the case of Ben Solo, well, he was the one who was training him. And so he kind of, like you're saying, kind of saw firsthand what was going through it and maybe kind of gets into the whole, like he's blaming Ari. I was the one who failed, you know, so that probably gave a little more credence to him believing that he couldn't be turned because, you know, age, you know, much older, wiser, and had kind of seen the full force of it by that time. And of course, he, since he was the one training him, it's like he didn't train Darth Vader, obviously. So, um, you know, he was probably like, well, I don't, I, I, he's my father. I got to try to save him. Whereas in this case, he trained the kid and then, you know, kind of came to that realization himself. Yeah. I, and I think that's different. I'm not a parent, so I don't know. But I, I'm just thinking, like, as a parent, like, there's probably, it's probably massively changing to see, like, your apprentice, your child, or whatever that you have kind of raised start to become something completely different and not what you wanted for them. Like, that, I mean, that's probably where he was at and just kind of damaged by that, I guess. I don't know. That's good. I haven't even thought about that. You know, I, the thing I got out of Luke in this movie, um, I, I thought Mark Hamill did a great job of portraying like a very tortured, you know, guy who had the Galatians place on him when he was like 20 years old. And, you know, the crow, Crushing weight of that. I thought. I thought Hamilton. I can definitely see why he said he didn't agree with Ryan Johnson's direction for the character. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't feel like I was watching the Skywalker of old throughout most of the movie, but when it got to the end, I was like, "Oh, there's the guy I've been waiting for the whole time," which I think was. Yes. I think it was kind of their intention. And I'm very, very happy they got to that point. If he, if, if I didn't see the old Skywalker come out, that was powerful and, and had all this, you know, potential that he was able to max out. I would have been very disappointed. I just wish that we would be seeing more of it. Right. Well, did, wasn't it cool even just to see him standing there in the same stance? He always held his lightsaber in. With yes. the two hands down in front of him, with it just and right in front looked, of him. He looked younger because they like, <laughs> like CGI made him look younger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I liked it. Yeah. But I will say, you know, one thing that really stood out to me, because it made me think of episode nine, because obviously Luke's gonna come back as a force ghost. Yoda used the force as a force ghost to call down the lightning. So in my mind, I'm thinking, well, there's no reason why Luke can't battle Kylo Ren with Rey in episode nine. Yeah, that's kind of a, something that kind of went out the uh, went over heads there. A force ghost using the force to do something yeah. instead of just being there. I did not expect that. Hopefully it's our introduction to Snoke doing the same thing from the other side. That'd be badass. Oh, Two dead people fighting. 
<laughs> How do you kill a ghost? <laughs> Another ghost. Something else that um, I, I don't recall actually seeing it, but I remember someone else had mentioned that, you know, Luke was concerned about the Jedi text and Yoda says something along the lines, you know, there's nothing in that tree that the girl doesn't already possess. Uh, well, did you did you catch when Yoda asked, have you read them? And Luke kind of went, well, uh, so... <laughs> I don't know. To me, that was kind of one of those things where Luke was hanging on to the past just because it's the past. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That I definitely think that was kind of the point of that scene. But I kind of also think that um, somebody had mentioned that they s- noticed that Ray actually had the books on the uh, Millennium Falcon. Really? Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, huh. When? Yes, I do remember uh, seeing that. When Rose needed medical attention, Finn is like going into a cupboard and you see the books in that cupboard. It's funny because I saw books in there and they looked old and like like the bindings were made of wood. And I'm like, okay. In the back of my head, I thought those looked like the Jedi books, but who would have brought them there? And then the other part was like, but what do all books in that time look like? Like, are they just other books? So, but I think you guys are right. I think there probably are the Jedi texts, and that's why Yoda said that there's nothing in there that Ray doesn't already have. I didn't even see the books. I think by that point, I just was thinking about how bad I needed to pee. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Right. I think uh, two seats from me, there was a guy... Oh, that's a sneeze. Well, that's Two a- seats away from me, a dude was sne- sn- uh, sneezing. God, I got that on my brain now. Snoring the entire movie, so there was that. Insulting. Oh. <laughs> that's the worst. Well, we were in uh, we had we were in a theater where everyone had their own seat that was a recliner, and this dude had it like full out bed style. So I'm not surprised. I like the way you said it's everyone like, had their own seats. Like you, when you go to a movie by normal, you have to share. You don't have to do that. I don't can't tell you how many movies someone's just sat on my lap. <laughs> what type of movies are you going to see? <laughs> They're in dark black corners of bookstores. I, I don't know. So, anyways, uh, <laughs> anything else that you guys you know want to talk about from this movie? So- how about this? Okay, go ahead. Someone had something. I was going to say, um, I came out of the theater with a little bit different perspective. For me, I got I, I was super excited because I got the Empire Strikes Back VHS for my fifth, like for Christmas when I was five, which probably was pretty expensive at the time. Um, so Star Wars was like a big family thing. So when I went to the movie, I'm also hoping that my two kids that I bring with me that I've pulled out of school that I make this big event, I'm hoping they're walking out of there super excited. So as far as passing that along, my kids were stoked coming out of there. So good points, bad points. It doesn't matter. My kids are all in and that's kind of what I wanted. Oh, nice. It was as far as how fun the movie was to watch. It was one of the most fun Star Wars movies to watch. It was awesome. Yeah, I had a little bit of everything for everyone. Yeah. You got the space battles. You got uh, people with lightsabers battling other people, even if they're not battling each other. Uh, you had uh, the big final Luke battle. 
You got ATST or sorry, ATATs or whatever they called them in the first order. Um, so you had all good, kinds of stuff. Good laughs for the old yeah. crowd. You still have like my daughter will be excited just to know that R two D two and C three PO were still in the movie, and uh, same with BB eight. You know Chewbacca. Oh, there's a point. Why can't I have more Chewbacca? Why didn't I get any Chewbacca in this movie? He's one of my favorite characters, and I was kind of disappointed. Well, it seems like they were really trying to get away from the characters of the original trilogy and focus more on the new characters. And yet, they kind of diluted a lot of the new characters, almost. Um, You know, especially, like, Finn, Snoke, and Kylo. I, I don't feel like they had enough. However... Uh, just kind of almost side tangent. I loved what they did with Kylo. Seeing how he changed as a character from being kind of the whiny, upset kid to now being the leader, but almost just kind of in, the enraged leader, but still reckless. And I, I don't know. I think his character is incredibly fascinating now rather than annoying, kind of like he was in The Force Awakens. Well, yeah, I, I agree. And one thing that that I'm looking forward to is watching him, you know, without someone holding him back. You know, he, he's got all the power and now he can kind of do whatever he wants to. So I'm interested to see like how, you know, merciless is he going to be? Yeah. And I mean, he's I mean, he seemed pretty merciless. I mean, he was he, he wanted Luke. <laughs> he wanted Luke dead. Every gun. <laughs> that was pretty funny. And whenever he slams Hux into the side of his ship, that was that was awesome. God, I got I got a. As much as I dislike Hux, I gotta hope that he does something. Like, okay, so Kylo takes over the First Order once Snoke is dead. Uh, Hux obviously does not think he should be in charge, but uh, can't do anything about it in that moment. I, I, me and Richie were talking about how we uh, they're got they've got to defeat the whole first order in one movie with you know ten resistance. So I think one of the big ways that the res- the first order gets disabled to help the resistance who pulls in people from the outer rim to help them finish this movie this trilogy off. Is I gotta think that the first order gets fractured somehow with Hux going after Kylo, or trying to usurp Kylo from it being in charge, knowing after what happened on crate with Kylo being distracted by Luke that he is inept to lead that group. Right. That's what I think. I agree, and I I personally believe that Episode Nine is going to start off at least two to three three years after the end of this movie because it allows them to gloss over the death of Leia without having to make it a big deal. And it allows them to, you know, the resistance starts off bigger than it is instead of having us spend the first half of the movie watching them gain reinforcements. You know, if they start the movie two years later, okay, they're already here. We can just jump right into the battling. Right. Yeah. That would make sense. It's kind of a long shot, but I kind of, I thought Snoke was from the outer rim somewhere. If he has enemies there, 
it's kind of easy to jump the numbers from every perspective. You just take his previous enemies from, you know, before the Force Awakens started, add them to the team. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I uh, I hate to sign off early, but my phone's actually about to die. So you guys uh, enjoy the rest of your discussion, and I'm glad I could be a part of it. All right, All buddy. Right. Thanks, Elephant. Yeah, thanks, Elephant, <laughs> in the room. Anytime, I can just <laughs> pop in. <laughs> All right, well, I don't... Any other main movie points that you guys want to talk about? I can't really... I think we've covered most of the ones I've seen from at least the Shattered Order uh, movie talk this today. But what do you guys... Do you guys have anything you guys want to mention? So one other thing that kind of bugged me, why didn't the purple-haired lady... I, I forget her name, but why didn't she tell Poe what her plan was? Yeah, yeah, that's a- <laughs> that was stupid. I thought. I mean, you're not hurting anyone by telling him what the plan is, and you calm down your kind of reckless, uh, one of your reckless leaders, and that I just that seemed like like I get the idea that you know the leader should be in charge, and like you don't really need to tell subordinates, but it's one of those things. Like everyone's life is on the line, like. You should, and he's the guy that was, you know, had he not been demoted, he would have been the one making all those decisions. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, that was kind of what they were trying to show with his frustration and the difference between, you know, as far as why he got demoted is because of the decisions that he would make versus someone else that kind of had a broader, um, more planned out idea. So if you're going to use like movie logic, the only thing I can say is it was probably just for character development. Yeah. So, (coughs) which kind of is a terrible cop out because, you know, it made part of it. It kind of made no sense though. I, she wouldn't tell him, but, uh, yeah. What I'm saying. Yeah. Anything else, guys? I think we've hit everything I can think of. Yeah, I think so, too. Oh, so wait. wait, One thing we didn't talk about is how awesome the porks are. (laughs) Good point. I thought it. I thought they they turned out to be one of the better parts. Yeah, I want to know why they didn't just close the door to the Millennium Falcon so they couldn't get in there. Uh, well, like, I I think Chewie let like I think that was the idea was that Chewie had let them in like he kind of like after they were giving him the sad face for eating their brother or whatever. Um, Chewie they kind of his buddies. Yeah, he felt he felt connected to them and just I it's kind of like one of those things like where you see emotion in another creature that you don't that you don't really think of when you see like fear or something in another creature, it gives you a different perspective on it. And I think it was kind of that for Chewy, and yeah. I thought, gotcha. I didn't, I didn't have an issue with that. I thought that was pretty funny. 
That was supposed to be a porg that Chewie was eating. I didn't notice that. I thought it was just like a chicken or something. <laughs> yeah, that's that was the idea. Is like he's eating a porg, and everyone, they're all sad that he killed one of their friends. Yeah, I that's took that awesome. a completely different direction. I thought they were sad <laughs> because he wasn't sharing. <laughs> <laughs> I want to eat some of that. Uh, that's funny. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, uh, Darth Cow from uh, the live chat from his uh, his guild's Discord. Akbar deserved better. Yeah. <laughs> poor Akbar. Yeah, poor Akbar. That was. I mean, yeah. I I kind of wish they would have gave him a little bit more of a, you know, a little bit something bigger in the movie. But, you know, it's, I just really thought the way they killed all those people off and the whole Leia thing, God, it was just, ugh. Ugh, so bad. <laughs> the, late, the late picks in chat, he thought their brother was tasty, so he took him with him. Chewbacca, that is. Yeah. <laughs> Unlimited food if That's I take all these porgs on the ship with me. Pretty, pretty good idea, I mean... By the way, the fact that Elo Asti was in the whole movie made me very happy. If you know who that is, he's the uh, kind of fish-looking pilot Poe's friend throughout the whole movie. Yeah. That was named after the Hello Nasty CD by Beastie Boys. I was nice. pretty, pretty happy that. to see him back there. Yeah, his name's Elo Asti, which is Hello Nasty without the first letters on it. Nice. Yeah, I was like, hey, that's the dude. The named after the Beastie Boys CD. <laughs> nice. So. Well, um, any anything else at all other than we need Praetorian Guards in Swaga? Um, I don't... If they bring... Just to go on to Swaga for a minute from this movie, if they bring Snoke into the game, what, what are they going to do with him? Like... He'll just, be good for half of a, an arena battle. Yeah, uh, he, he, he's maybe he's a tank that when he dies, you know, um, like if Kylo's not the leader, his leader ability becomes active or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, That's a good idea. All right. Well. I think uh, we've hit our limit for this episode, so I just want to thank everyone for hanging out with us here on Discord. We had Shadow, Patriots, E-Highwind, Grey Goose, Virus, Bitter Cup, Rich Sloma, myself, and Wink. It was fun talking with you guys about the movie. Definitely something I wanted to do after we saw it, so it's been fun. We'll upload this to the, the podcast stream, and uh, yeah. People want to listen to it, they can. If not, then whatever. We had fun. But uh, yeah, if you made it this far, check us out on Twitter, The Shattered Order. If you are interested in becoming a Patreon to support all the content that we make, go to patreon.com slash shattered order. Our Discord is discord.me slash shattered order. And if any of you want to say something else to close out this podcast, this is when you do it. I think those books were Clone Wars Chewbacca's diary. <laughs> <laughs>
Nice. All right. Well, to end it off, I'm going to say The Last Jedi needs more Jerry. Go Porgs. Go Porgs. All right. Later, everyone. Later.